Oh, man, do you know how long this podcast is? Yeah, but it's worth it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gear Related, a peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. We are your hosts, Ben and... Heather. Sorry, I interrupted you. Ben and... Heather. There, that's much better. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to have, I think it's a really fun topic. We're going to be talking about, well, I guess you could call them car features, amenities, gizmos, gadgets, bells, whistles, that stuff. Yeah. What do you want to start with? There's a lot of fun things that we've put in cars. Let's start with the good stuff. Let's start with the stuff that has sort of become, you know, kind of common almost in every car and then there's some upgrades there too. the mainstays yeah. yeah i mean things like you know a, a lot of the cars now have bluetooth they've got navigation and um I, I gotta tell you a backup camera for the first probably two months of my car i was like i can't really use this thing this is weird but now i love that thing the backup cameras are so essential when parking in like the city and stuff like that have you heard about the sky view camera though no this thing's wild so i don't know how it works it's like some kind of black magic but you can actually see a sky view of your car you can see the front fenders the back fenders you can't hit anything with this thing is there like a drone constantly flying above your car just in case i haven't looked but i don't know how else they do it i'm gonna be checking you should i'm gonna look uh, let's see what else we got. I mean, obviously, power locks, power seats, power windows. I got in a car, I don't know, it's been a little bit now, did not have power windows. I was real mad. You had to crank the window I down? I cranked the window. Oh, mm-hmm. that's how barbaric. Absolutely. I, in Rochester, heated <laughs> seats. Heated oh, in the wintertime? Passenger climate control, backseat climate control. I mean, this is... This is fabulous. No more fighting over <laughs> the heat or the lack thereof in the car. Yeah, when you have the cold spouse and the hot spouse, and you can you have the ability to... I'm the hot spouse. I am the cold spouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. We, we don't have kiddos, but apparently a DVD player is kind of the thing to have. I wouldn't get in a car that didn't have a DVD player and also had a child in it. I think that's just dangerous. <laughs> Too much distraction. <laughs> Um, automatic emergency braking. Now that's, that's a good, cause it's a good safety feature. Absolutely. But that kind of scares me. I don't like losing control. Well, it's just like, um, the backup camera. You got to get used to it. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I don't want to, uh, need to get used to it. I'm just going to kind of pay attention, I guess. You should pay attention anyway. There's also forward collision warning. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody's going to bop into you. You get a little beepers about that. Lane departure, same thing. Here's one that I, I am intrigued by, and and yet I don't own a Ford, so I don't know if I have access to this. You'll have to let me know. It is a capless gas cap. So basically, you just pop the gas door, and that's it. You just stick the gas nozzle in, you fill your car, and then when you pop the door back in, that seals up the Yeah, gas. it has like a, uh, I'm not sure what they call it, it's like a self-sealing tappet that uh, is hinged. and. Yeah, tap it. Do you like that word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, the nozzle goes in, breaks the seal. The nozzle comes out, it reseals. So is there like an aftermarket version of they that? They do make aftermarket versions of this. That makes me nervous. I, I have run into a few issues with them where we did have to, I mean, like anything else, it wears and tears, and we ended up having to replace it. Uh, oh. We just put a regular gas cap on it when uh, it had an emission issue. But 
yeah, for the most part, I haven't heard a lot of complaints with them, but I haven't seen a lot of them either. Right. All right. So, so you know, let's be honest. It only takes a second to remove your gas cap. Well, and especially now that it's sort of tethered down and you're not leaving it on the roof of your car. And right. That's that's good. All right. So that's kind of the good ones. I mean, I'm sure that there are various and sundry others that people love. Um, but I would like to know. I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the bad ones. Okay. The things that are out there that are just more hassle than they're worth. Well, tell me about the one that you don't like first. Oh, I don't. Okay, the one that I don't like is the the gesture control. So, like, if you get a phone call, you can like swipe your hand around in the car, and answer the phone. But what if it doesn't like it doesn't work very often, and so it just looks like you're. you're Attacking a bee or <laughs> slapping your wife or something. Oh my goodness. See, I've seen people do this, but maybe I thought they were just being very animated as they had in a discussion. Maybe they're trying to answer a phone call or something. I don't know. <laughs> it just makes no sense to me. Like trying to, tur- I don't know if you like control your radio with it or I just, I don't know. It looks like a lot of like disco dancing moves <laughs> happen in there. I don't know. Well, speaking of radio control, uh, in related to that, one of the ones that I don't like is the voice control. No. Because, you know, the uh, asking it to turn up your radio or, or the, um, the one where you ask to call a certain somebody yes. and it's, you say, I need to call Sally Smith. Now calling Bob Dankus. Yes, and it's your boss or something <laughs> yeah. and you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I find that one a little more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. What else? Uh, I don't like the touch screen. Oh, like where you put the volume up and you have to push, 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 yeah, push. Yeah, because... You're driving. If I'm driving, I pretty much know as long as I don't not as long as I'm not driving a car with 150 buttons on it. Because let's be honest, some manufacturers get carried away with that kind of nonsense. I know where my dials are. I can maintain my eyes on the road and reach over and turn my volume up on the little knob. However, if I have a touch screen, I have to look at the touch screen, <laughs> touch screen, find out where the volume button is, and sit there and tap it like 60 times if it's a really good song. Oh, that, that sounds like it's got to be a dream theater song. You know, crank that one up. Oh, yeah. What else? That's, uh, ooh, one more. <laughs> one more. I just, I just remembered it. Backup alarms in hybrid vehicles. So as you know, hybrid vehicles are very quiet when mm-hmm. the engine is not running. And when you put this car in reverse and it's not, re- whether regardless if the engine's running or not, it will sit there and beep, beep. Like inside? Inside the car until you take it out of reverse. Now, the reason this is so annoying is because it makes no sense to me. Not only does it annoy the driver, but shouldn't the alarm be on the outside of the vehicle (laughs) so that the people who can't hear the car may be able to hear that beeping as it's backing up? Right. That's just me, but... Common sense. It's not common. (laughs) All right. So we kind of uh, researched some, some of the more extravagant... Yeah. Gadgets. Let's talk about this some. This is the fun part. Let's talk about some gadgets that you may not know about. And I'm guessing there's at least one. At least one, and that you will probably rush right out and procure for yourself. So, this one, I really, this one is just like out of all of them, probably the one I want the most, except for it's in the backseat of the car. But uh, the Lexus LS600HL, that's a lot of letters. It includes this option. I think the L's for luxury. Well, it is probably because <laughs> you can sit in the back, sit, back seat and get a shiatsu or shoulder massage. Ooh. I would never get out. I would just be like, no, let's do one more time around the block. That's a good one. Well, All right, what you got? 
You know, I've got actually got one. Uh, I believe it's in a Mercedes, uh, and it's it cools the back of your neck. It has a little fan in the oh. seat. So on those really hot days where you're sweating on the back of your neck, there's a fan right back there that just blows cold air onto it. Oh, or if you told somebody a scary story, you could just flip the switch and be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Goosebumps for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some crazy ones uh, out there. How about this one? Mm-hmm. The gear shift on certain Jaguar models Jaguar. is levitating. Meaning, when you wave your hand over it like a magician, the gear selector knob pops up, and you are now able to select the gear of your desires. See, that sounds really cool, except for it's going to be like four months, and it breaks, and then your Jag is just sitting in the driveway because you can't drive it. (laughs) Busted. They should. You know, it, it probably doesn't have this, but if Jaguar, if you're listening, make an override, please. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Don't have to use a bobby pin out of your hair. to. <laughs> um, so Mercedes-Benz, you know, high, high caliber vehicle. You can have a, a trim package option of granite. Granite. Gra- <laughs> for your kitchen, for your Mercedes-Benz. Is there a butcher block of a version available? <laughs> I, yeah, you put your, your kitchen knives in under the radio. Granite trim. How heavy is that car? Well, it's well. I guess it depends on how much trim you have. I guess. Uh, speaking of kitchens, how about an ice maker? Would you like an ice maker in your vehicle to fill up your margarita as you're driving down the road? There were certain Toyota vans that had an ice ma- ice maker in their little refrigerator. I've heard of the refrigerator, or at least a, a cooler. Wine cooler. Yeah, yeah. This one had an ice maker. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Here's some more. Mercedes. Mercedes Benz. You're just my favorite. They've got a perfume dispenser. Oh, nice. You just spritz yourself before you go out for the evening. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, and for, for those of you that who, who were wondering about this feature, yes, they do have different scents that you can insert. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> how about this one? I got to know. Uh, I'm not sure how to say this, but it's a Nissan Qashqai. Uh, Obviously, it's not sold in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, no one can say it. <laughs> this would be a, a Eastern Europe, Asia type vehicle. Um, and I think they have to make them bear proof over there. What? Because this car is equipped with a bear proof sunroof that. Bear proof sunroof. Bear proof sunroof, yeah. Uh, and as advertised, it can withstand the weight of a jumping bear on one leg. Jumping bear. <laughs> I feel like I want that car <laughs> just in case, you know? Okay. Uh, how about one more? For me, and then uh, I'm going to leave it to you to, to give the uh, coup de gras, or however you say that. Coup de gras? Coup de gras, that's the one. Okay, before we get to that one, though, you know when you're walking to your car and you're wondering if something's bad is about to happen? Well, Volvo came out with a feature that uh, it can detect a human heartbeat in the back seat. See, that's creepy, but it's awesome because women worry about this. You got to check your back seat if you're alone. But what if you're already like in, like, how does that work? Are you already seated in the car? And oh, no, no. Like, uh-oh, I'm about to die. It's got a key fob that tells you if the locks have been tampered with, whether or not it's been locked or unlocked, and if there is a heartbeat. So all basically all you have to do is be within range of the car 
to the key fob. So that's that's at least a good 20 to 30 feet. You know what? Not for nothing. But can't we use that technology so that people don't forget their kids in their car? If you lock your door and they detect a heartbeat, it could beep at you. And then you could be like, oops, sorry, baby Charles. I'll come get you. That's actually a great idea. And I'm Thank you. I'm, I copyright this. <laughs> I'm so America. happy that you're thinking of the heartbeat in terms of saving children. And I'm thinking in terms of somebody's in the back seat trying to kill you. <laughs> I definitely thought of that too, but... Okay, I'm calling. Who was it? It was uh, Volvo. Volvo. Yeah. Uh oh. Can I still call Volvo? Yeah, yeah, you can still call. It's Saab. You can't call anymore. Oh, Saab. <laughs> Saab story. Okay, this is the last one, guys. We're gonna wrap this one up. Then we're gonna talk to Lori, and uh, just have a lovely day. So this is my favorite. I'm gonna say this wrong too. It's a Bentley. It's a 2018 Bentley. Uh, Bentayga. 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 Bentiaga? This vehicle, quote unquote, is designed to house everything you need for a successful falconry expedition. <laughs> no kidding. It's complete. It's got two special cork units. They're made just for the bird to rest on. It's got this removable transportation this pouch. Is, this has got to be made up. No, it's for reals. And a stowage tray with like compartments for the GPS bird tracking and a face cloth, you know, so that the falcon ha- is covered. Just one face cloth? I mean, maybe... I feel like maybe you should only have one falcon per car. <laughs> they don't travel well idea. together. You know how kids like, that's my side. And two falcons <laughs> is worse. So you, you too can own a successful falconry expedition vehicle for the low, low price of 230,000 buckinos. I'm sure there's a disclaimer at the end of the advertisement. Falcons not included. <laughs> right. Hopefully. People are so mad. Where's my falcon? All right. So next well, up. Those were really fun. Uh, we've got to do those again sometime. Yes. There's got to be more. Send us what your favorite yeah, is because we want to know. For sure. And any uh, gadgets or gizmos that we left out that either you know of or want, let us know about right. those. And don't take my idea, Volvo. So joining us today is a very special guest, Lori Meath from the Breast Cancer Coalition of Rochester. Now, the, the first thing I want to ask you, Lori, before we get into the BCCR, we've been talking about car gadgets and features, and we just mm-hmm. have to ask, what is the one gadget on your car that either you wish you had or you couldn't live without? All right, this is going to sound a little unimaginative, and it's far from a new gadget, but finally, I have had the good fortune to get a car with heated leather seats. Oh. I got to tell you, one would think with this amount of padding on my butt that (laughs) needing heated seats would not be something on my agenda. But on a cold winter morning when you walk out there, boy, that feels good on your lower back and hips. So that, you know, simple as it is, that is my favorite car car gadget. They really are the best. I think... Uh, we used to take Heather's car everywhere until I got a new car that had heated seats, uh, uh-huh, and now uh-huh. we take my car everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, if they could make cooling seats, we'd really be on to something. They so. actually do, believe it or not. Probably not in my price range. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not in a lot of people's yeah. price range. Yeah. Eh, well, thank, come down the pike. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and as, as I said, you're with the Breast Cancer Coalition of Rochester. I am. 
Um, tell us about what they do, who they are, and what your role there is. Ah, okay. Well, I have the good fortune to be the outreach coordinator for the Breast Cancer Coalition. Um, you know, it's a job like any other job, but I got to tell you, when you've got a job that you really love, like I do, working for an organization that's as truly cool and kind as the Breast Cancer Coalition is, working is not a bad gig. And here I'm sitting on a beautiful Sunday afternoon talking to you. You know what? (laughs) If you got to work, this is a a pretty good gig. Um, My job is public education. I do health fairs and festivals, churches, school groups, business places. Um, I do lots of festivals in the summertime, 10 full days at Lilac, where we just about see everybody in Rochester out and about and usually go through at least three seasons. Um, The um, Out Alliance's Pride Fest in July, great people watching and a wonderful feel, and probably my favorite, um, Park Ave in in August. So it's often a couple hot days, but again, boy, if you got to work, this is a pretty good gig. Yeah, one festival right after another. It is all summer, and now, of course, we're into Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Of course, yeah. We, of course, are aware 12 <laughs> months of the year. Um, our business doesn't rise or fall in honor of October. And in fact, sometimes October is, is uncomfortable for people who are are or have dealt with breast cancer. They just feel like there's a lot of pink ribbon rah-rah. Yeah. And of course, though we all know there is good news related to breast cancer and treatments for breast cancer, so many people I work with know that there's another side to it, a side that really affects and changes lives. Well, and that's kind of what, what Shown Auto was so drawn to about the Breast Cancer Coalition of Rochester it, is it's more than just raising awareness and raising funds. You guys do a lot of other stuff, uh, a lot of personal stuff with uh, survivors and um, people who suffer from bre- breast cancer. That's our entire mission. Um, the Breast Cancer Coalition was started in the late 90s, the way so many things are. Um, around with a bunch of women around a kitchen table. Women talk. It's the nature of women, and some things never change. And these women came together because they had been diagnosed with breast cancer, were fortunate to be getting terrific medical care, but they found that they still often felt alone. At that point, they found it somewhat difficult to get good unbiased information. Sometimes they found it difficult to find people with whom they could just be themselves. Be angry, be scared, be bitter. You know, just just to feel whatever they were feeling at that point in their diagnosis. Um, a breast cancer diagnosis affects the entire family. So as these women got together, they realized there must be tons of other women just like them. And in fact, there were. Um, They started with probably the traditional kind of support group that you picture in the church basement on the metal chairs passing the Kleenex (laughs) box. And while there's nothing wrong with that, and we have groups that maybe look more like that, the notion, the concept of support has expanded so much. Support has really come to mean so much more about empowerment, educating people so that they are empowered to manage their medical care with a good deal of knowledge and confidence, understanding that they're making choices that are best for them and for their family. We've gone from kitchen table 
to a beautiful, not not fancy, but a beautiful facility on University Avenue. Um, we have a staff of 12. I think seven or eight of us are full-time. So we're a pretty, pretty small operation. But over the course of every year, we have about 5,000 client contacts. Oh, wow. Now, that's not 5,000 individual people. But every week at the Breast Cancer Coalition, there are a multitude of groups, classes, seminars, lunches. That door opens 5,000 times a year with people coming at various um, points along their breast cancer mm-hmm. journey, to use kind of an overused word. Some of the people that come to us are quite newly diagnosed and really looking for intense support, maybe more traditional support. Others have gotten through their surgery. Maybe they're still having chemo. Maybe they're healing. Their hair is coming back, and they're interested in getting their bodies back. Um, yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong, mindfulness and meditation, book groups, writing groups, lunch clubs, a young survivor soiree. So there's a lot more going on than just your traditional basement support group. That it sounds... really is about just just really feeling like you're becoming you again, the new you. That sounds really fantastic. It is. Uh, and that's got to be such an amazing comfort to uh, to people who are not really even sure what to do. And, and here you guys are just showing them a great number of things that they can do exactly. and that you're there for them. That's, that, that's just fantastic. You know, there's not one answer for everybody either. Some people don't come until they're all through with their cancer year. You know, they've done their surgery, their chemotherapy, maybe their radiation. And they come because now they're faced with, well, well wait a minute, what next? Mm-hmm. You know, life is, is not the same. I'm not the same. And I need to get used to this new normal. Um, So sometimes people join us quite a ways down the road. The really important thing to know is that all of our programs and services are free, have always been free. People come sometimes and stay and take advantage and become mentors themselves. Years and years and years. We have people who are 15 or 20 years from their diagnosis and still feel like they're getting something from their community, but also feel like, wow, they've really got something to offer back. Mm -hmm. So this is just a wonderful community of of people supporting each other. Yeah, it sure sounds amazing. Now, I would be remiss, being that this is uh, a car-related podcast, Uh, if mm. I didn't ask you a certain question uh, relative to automobiles. So why don't you just tell us about a very interesting or weird story that you had or know someone who had with an automobile, whether it's a repair or a journey or whatever. Oh, Ben, I had to laugh when I got your email giving me a heads up that you were going to ask me this. (laughs) And you may have thought that I would just have nothing to come up with. Oh, everybody's got at least one. Oh, my. I've probably got a drawer full. (laughs) Um, But my personal favorite, I I would also mention that I, I had a large family. I had six children. So these these stories that I've amassed are often from my extended family and um, in some cases really did make me question whether I had in fact given birth to prodigies or not. <laughs> um, this one in particular is my favorite. This particular male in my family had a nice older Malibu, decent basic car, um, maybe didn't have a whole lot of money or perhaps the money he was earning, he didn't really care to spend on things like 
oil changes ah. or repairs or whatever. It's always the last thing we want it to spend money on. It kind of is. <laughs> At least as you get older, usually you learn, like, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Take care of this stuff. Well, this particular person had been notified by us that there was an awful lot of oil on the driveway. Uh-oh. And that they needed to check their oil and keep up on it, and that probably it meant they had a leak, and that at some point they were going to need to take that car to the garage. We didn't hear a whole lot more about it. The oil continued to leak. We'd mention it once in a while, and I'd say, I hope you're keeping enough oil in that car, because that's a problem. I mean, you'll lose your engine if you let this go. Absolutely. And we made him park in a, in a remote place on the grass. <laughs> At long last, he got some attention for the car because it began to run terribly and smell horrible. Uh-oh. And the oil was still leaking out. Well, imagine um, his embarrassment when he took the car to the garage. And my recollection, I'm not a huge car person, but my recollection is that that Malibu should have had about five quarts of oil in the car. That sounds like about a good number and for it. And it was found to have over 12 quarts of oil in the uh, car. <laughs> He, so we went the entire oh, opposite direction yeah. on this one. Yeah, apparently he didn't really recall how to check his oil, though I promise you he had been shown. <laughs> one would think his friends might have helped him if he couldn't remember. But his solution was apparently every few days he would add another quart of oil. So finally his car wasn't running very well, and, and um, I... The guys at the shop really had a ball with that. And we lived in a small town, so oh, I bet. we heard about it from 50 million people, including at church. Hey, <laughs> heard so-and-so really kept topping up the oil. So that's well, kind of one of my favorites. At least he kept the local parts supplier in business with you all know, the oil he was purchasing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there he he did indeed. So that's probably one of my favorites. That is a great story. But does does he know how to check his oil now? I'm a thinking he does. <laughs> yeah, some of life's lessons can be expensive. Yeah, they can. Well, Lori, tell us what's coming up. What do you want to plug? What do I want to plug? I guess what I really want to plug for lack of a better word, is the fact I mentioned earlier, you know, every month is October for mm -hmm. us. The people come in our doors when they're diagnosed or later at the same rate all through the year. October really means not a whole lot at the Breast Cancer Coalition, except the way that the community really has a heightened awareness. Every year in October, we probably have held for us about 80 community fundraisers. Out of the 110 or so that are done every year, about 80 of them are actually in October. Okay. And another part of my job is to be the liaison with these people who are doing these fundraisers for us. And I think the, the thing I want to emphasize, and I know you know it, you're doing a fundraiser for us. And I think one of the compelling um, reasons that this is a great idea is because all of our money does stay local. No, and it's, it's an expanded local. Mm -hmm. um, over the last couple of years, first of all, we draw, obviously, from quite a wide region because we're really the only organization of our kind in the entire upstate New York area. But also, we have, in the last couple of years, not only expanded our programs at University Avenue, but out into more rural communities based on... Um, Focus groups and meetings in places like Geneseo, Dansville, Albion, Batavia, Geneva, 
Our most requested programs were a monthly evening seminar, an educational seminar, and survivor yoga, a gentle yoga. That is by far our most popular program. We offer it four or five times a week at the Coalition on University, but now we also offer it out in the outlying areas. Um, So when we talk about local, we mean the Rochester region, some of our more rural counties, but all of our money raised locally stays locally. We don't have a mothership. It's not heading off to California. It's not supporting some executive who's not in touch with what we're doing. It is really a grassroots effort, and the dollars that were given, sometimes relatively small amounts, mean the world to a place like ours and to the people we serve. Our, well, speaking of people you serve, for those that may not know about you or may want to contact you or just people who perhaps want to do- donate to your uh, organization, how do we find you? Okay, well, first of all, we're at 1048 University Avenue. Um, We've been on university for a long time. Our location where we are at 1048, we've been about four or five years. It's relatively near the corner of Culver and University, so we're on a bus line. We're easily accessible from all points, north, south, east, and west. Um, We are also, of course, online. Our website can be reached at www.bccr.org or breastcancercoalition.org. Just make sure you get the org instead of the com, and you've got us. We've got a wonderful website describing much more about our programs and services. You know, we really have something for everyone, wherever they are and at whatever level they want to become involved. But it really is just with the kind of community support that we're talking about that we're able to continue to do this for people year after year, as long as they want to stay, always free of charge. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast. Well, I got to tell you, Ben, thank you both. Uh, There is somebody else sitting here. She's been very quiet because we didn't give her a microphone. Um, Local supporting local. And I know that you feel the same way. We have a wonderful community here. And when we support each other, it can only make our community stronger, no matter what cause you're talking about or what business we're talking about. Um, so uh, if, if you uh, have it within your means, please donate to the BCCR of Rochester. Uh, they are a great organization. And if you want to kill two birds with one stone, if your car needs a little maintenance, don't forget about uh, Schoen Auto's reg- uh, regular maintenance, Extraordinary Care Campaign, where we will be donating 10% of all pro- proceeds of preventative maintenance to the BCCR. And remember what we just learned about preventative maintenance. It's very important. Very important. Thanks a lot. Well, I think that's about going to wrap it up for us now that we've covered uh, falconry and had just a great conversation with Lori. Yes. I mean, we, we've run the gamut of gadgets and falconry and breast cancer awareness. Absolutely. So, as always, we're going to plug how you can t- get in touch with us. You can do it on Facebook or catch me on Twitter. That's Schoen Auto, S-C-H-O-E-N-A-U-T-O. Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast world, thank you so much. Good to rise.